Hey all of you out there in Eorzea, welcome to She Heals, I Tank, your weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast. Today is Friday, January 25th, and this is episode 156 of the shit podcast. What's that divided by three, Avi? Math. I believe... <laughs> I can't say I'm wrong. I believe that's 52. Divide 156 divided by 3 is 52. There's 52 weeks in a year. That means we have three years worth of episodes oh, for people to go through. Oh, my. That's that's intense. I'm sorry, guys. We've, I'm really sorry. We've been <laughs> doing it for more than three years, but now we've hit... We've been doing it. We've hit three years <laughs> worth of weekly episodes. Oh, that's pretty cool. God, it does not feel like we've been doing it for that long. <laughs> well, I should say that I have... 156 episodes you have missed one episode oh my god you are at 155 episodes how dare not that we're keeping track or anything like that no not at all we don't do that well avi thank you for being here for 155 of 156 episodes i really appreciate it you son of a bitch I know there's some of you that have been listening on the podcast for all 156 episodes. Which all su- two of you. Which surprised the shit out <laughs> of me that for the first episode, we even had people download it. I was like expecting to have zero listeners for that first one. <laughs> Somehow people found it. And thank you guys for sticking with us. Really appreciate it. So all you podcast listeners, thank you so much. And thank you to all of you joining us here live at twitch.tv slash sheheels itank. We had some new subs since last week, Avi. We have K Maverick, Arc2029, Michael9560, Creation Guru, Oak Hops for 14 months in a row. Wowza. KK McLeod for nine months in a row. Super Nerd Dalton for 15 15? months in a row. And Heavy Martillery rounding out the group of subs this week. Thank you all so much for that. Thank you for the support. Everything we get from those subs goes right back into the show. Speaking of going right back into the show, even though this is actually something that Pete and I uh, put our own money into, Uh, I mentioned this cute little magnet item sticking on my microphone. So starting, uh, it was basically Wednesday, uh, for the entire month of February, anyone who subs on Twitch will get one of these super fun little She Heals Eye Tank magnets mailed to them. Um, They're about... You do have to send us your address. You will have to send us your address. So, you know, if you don't want that, maybe get a P.O. box temporarily so we can't find you. (laughs) That turns into an expensive magnet if you do that. (laughs) But, um, yeah, we'll just send you uh, one of these in the mail. We thought it was a really fun idea. We've actually got it on our refrigerator um, along with our Namazu and our little cactuar. So, um, yeah, if you guys want to get one of these super fun magnets, um, just sub uh, this the month through now through the month of February. So, yeah. And don't don't forget about the address. So as soon as you sub, uh, send us a message on Twitch. Right. Right. You can either send us a direct message on Twitch or you can message us on on Discord as well, whichever is easier for you. And so this is our last spoiler-free episode for Patch 4.5 regarding the MSQ. Next week's episode is going to be spoiler-filled. We're going to be talking all about it. And we're going to have a couple guests, Avi. I know. We are having Rubicon and Yelta from Gather Together. Super fun. They're going to be on to discuss with us. They're some great people. Had fun with them at FanFest. And I think we might actually have a return of Drink About Eorzea next week. Uh Uh-oh. Might make a special drink for us to drink while we have them on the show. As long as there's no fire involved, I'm okay with that. Fire! No more fire. No fire. Bad. From now on, I'm only making drinks that require fire. Not allowed. You are going to be making them outside. I'm going to need another camera. That's okay. You can pay for it. <laughs> so I think we have a good show for you guys. I think we should get right into it with everyone's favorite segment. Greenleaf half hour. It's the Greenleaf 30 minutes. <laughs> I actually don't know how long this is going to take. I did not... Uh, I did not rehearse it in the mirror. No, I'm actually, I've been, I've been telling people about this when I, I shared it in the announcements on Discord. I mentioned it in the FC. Um, as you guys know, Pete has been like kind of super obsessed with Mahjong lately. And uh, he finally beat it. He got his orchestrian role. And, and I mentioned that, you know, I'm not playing it because 
I don't know where to start and, and I don't want to figure it out. So he wanted to put together like a kind of a tutorial for you guys. She wants me to do it for her yes. is basically what she's trying to say. I she doesn't she... want to learn on her own. I don't care to. No, I don't. <laughs> so this is to give someone that is brand new to the game a fighting chance at winning Mahjong. I'm just going to teach you the basics and I'll also provide a little cheat sheet I use while I play in the show notes. And uh, once we get to it, Avi can uh, paste it in chat. So let's get right into it because like I said, I don't Wait, know. Wait, what why. am I pasting? When do we get to it? Oh, okay. <laughs> so let's start out with the different types of tiles. First, we have what are call- called number tiles, and we have three different suits of each number tiles. Each each suit goes from one to nine, and the suits are characters, which are just the Japanese character and the number on the tile. Pretty easy to look at. It just says the number on it. Next, we have circles or dots, which in our version are little Namazu face circles. And then we have what is usually called bamboo or sticks, which in our version, are, I think, are cactuars. You can definitely tell it's a cactuar on the number one. Can't really tell on the other ones. But they're green. They're hard to miss. So for both the circles and the bamboo suits, you just count the number of them on the tile, and that's the number they are. So if there's five little nam- namazu faces on it, that's number five. So Logical. That's pretty simple. There are four of each suit in the deck and that's important to know because you don't want to be waiting to draw a tile that already has four of them discarded and then the other type of tiles are called honor tiles and on the honor tiles we have four wind tiles and three dragon tiles and the wind tiles are the japanese character for east south west and north why you got to say it in that order because that's the order they are in the picture Mm. that you podcast listeners can't see (laughs) um and you kind of just have to memorize them eventually otherwise when it's your turn you can hover your mouse over them and it will tell you east southwest uh but you you kind of catch on to them fairly quickly and the dragons are really easy to notice because the red one is the red dragon the green one is the green dragon and the blank one is the white dragon i was gonna say the invisible dragon (laughs) Um, so now that you know the different types of tiles, oh, there's also four of each of these as well, just like the numbers one. And Wait, four of each? Yeah, there's four east, four west, four south. Oh, I see. Four, so so for the dragons. number ones for each number, there's four? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, so like cards, a deck of cards. Yeah. Okay. So now that you know the tiles, I'm sure you want to know what the hell you're supposed to do with them. And, and it's not what you what you used to do on your PC back in the 90s. Uh, because that was a different version of Mahjong, by the way, guys. That was solitaire Mahjong. That's how you play Mahjong when you're all alone and, and yeah, sad. Just forget about that. That's just it a has matching nothing game. Nothing to do with this Mahjong nothing. game. Uh, so what are you going to do with these tiles, Avi? You're going to ma- make what they call melds, and melds are either straights or triplets. And making babies. Straights are made with number tiles, and they have to be of the same suit. Mm. Uh, and they have to be three consecutive numbers, like one, two, three, two, three, four, three, four, five, and so on. The only thing it can't do is you can't go around the bend. You can't go eight, nine, one. So, okay. Around the bend. Is that literally what it's called? Uh, that's just the only term I could think of. I like that. You no know, going around the bend. So that's how you make a straight. Pretty straightforward. Uh, the thing to remember is they have to be the same suit. You can't have a number two, a Namazu two, and a Cactuar two. I mean, a uh, Cactuar three and a, what do you call it? Namazu four. The next meld you can make is called triplets. And this one's also pretty easy to know. You just want to have three of the same tile. So if you have three Namazu threes, that's a, that's a meld. That's triplets. If you have t- three of the number twos, that's another meld. Uh, to borrow a term from poker, it's having three of a kind. Right. And that applies to both the numbers and the honor tiles as well. Okay. Uh, so you can have three wins. You can have three dragons. Uh, you just need three of the same tile. And then you have a triplet. So you're going to be getting straights of three and triplets. So you always want it in threes. And to have a winning hand, you also need a pair. So to have a winning hand, you need four melds of three and a pair. 
Does that make sense to you, Avi? Yes. Because that would be five. Four melds of three and then a pair. Oh, okay. Sorry. I was actually responding to chat, so I'm trying to listen <laughs> and respond to chat. You literally, it's like literally asking someone to talk right when they take a drink. You're like, so for a basic winning hand, you need to have four melds and a pair, 14 tiles total. So basically like your whole hand has to be good. Like they all have to relate to something else. Yes. And just getting four melds of three is actually fairly easy. And what if, what if you had like a bunch of pairs that doesn't do anything? Well, we're getting a little advanced. There is oh. there is a winning hand where you can have seven pairs. So all 14 are pairs. But like that's it? Like it's extreme or nothing? Yeah, you can't have oh. any additional pairs. So it's, that's it, like going for like a royal flush kind of thing is the pairs. Like. Not as hard as you think. Uh, it's worth two Hans, which is one more Han than what a Ricci's worth, which we'll get to in a minute. Okay. You're asking some advanced questions. <laughs> I'm already so advanced, you guys. <laughs> Need to start with the basics. <laughs> I didn't even know. So, like I said, you need 14 tiles total uh, for a basic winning hand. Uh, For your melds, they can be a mix-up of straights and triplets, or it can be all straights or all triplets uh, if the tiles fall that way for you. Uh, So now that you know the tiles and what the overall goal is, how how are you going to form these melds? Well, the game goes in a counterclockwise direction with each person drawing a tile and then deciding either to discard the tile they just drew or you can add that tile to your hand and discard one that was already in there. Now, as people are discarding tiles, if the people after you discard a tile that would give you triplets, it's going to offer you the chance to pawn, and which is basically taking their discarded tile as your drawn tile and then you have to discard another one. And if the person to the left of you uh, discards one that would fit into a straight, it's called chi. They'll give you the option to chi. And you take that, basically the same thing. That's your drawn tile. And then you have to discard one that, that was in your hand. So pawn and chi. But <laughs> I'm, like, I'm already lost. But you know, <laughs> what I'm saying is for a beginner, you should know the terms because they're going to pop up. Okay. But when you're starting out, say no. I don't want to pawn. I don't want to cheat. Okay. No cheat for me. And so the reason why you don't want to pawn or cheat is that you have to reveal your hand. You have to reveal that, that straight oh. or that mel- the triplets that you made. And you can no longer play with those tiles. Okay. So you can't get rid of them anymore. And that's so you like lock your hand in. And you lock those tiles in. Okay. And now you have what is called an open hand. Mm. And it drastically reduces the types of winning hands that you can achieve. Because people are going to also hold back the tiles that they know you need. They can also use strategy to prevent you from getting tiles. But there's some hands that are only a winning hand if you keep your hand closed. Which is the most basic one, which is what I'm going to tell people to go for when they're just starting out. Okay. So you don't want to call pawn. You don't want to call chi. And you don't want to call, call con, which is the same as pawn, but with four tiles instead of three. By the way, Pete, I'm going to throw this out there. Uh, we should clip this later so you can have this be your YouTube instruction you wanted to put together. Yeah, can like, do that That's as a well. real easy way to do that. And then that way you guys can find this and watch it again later with Pete's wonderful PowerPoint presentation available to you at the same time. And this is actually what I see people that are just beginning that are it, that I get in the games they're calling pawn and chi way too often and screwing themselves and it's a recipe for losing and ending up with triplets but not in a like good it, way if you don't know why you're doing it don't do it okay <laughs> um so what i'm going to tell everyone beginning to do is to go for a hand uh, and a winning hand is called a yaku okay and this yaku is called richi and it can only be achieved with a closed hand. So you can't call pawn or chi to get this hand. So for your four melds, you you can't pawn or chi anyone's. It just has to be from ones you drew, which isn't as hard as you think it might be. I, I'm just listening to the words and just making stupid jokes in my head. So I'm trying to listen and not be like, you reach around with your paw and your chi. And I don't know. <laughs> So for, for beginners, I recommend just trying to get reachy until you have a better grasp of the game and start learning some of the other winning hands or yakus that you can win with. Yeah. And, that, and that's actually what my cheat sheet is, all the different winning hands that you can have. So if you do pawn or cheat something, you know why you did it and you're going for a specific hand that you know you can still win with. Cool. 
And I'm not going to go over cons. It adds other stuff to the game, but that's a little while down. That's more intermediate. Okay. So you just play with the tiles you draw, and you start forming your melds, uh, straights and triplets. And when you get one tile away from winning, it's called Tenpai, and you'll be able to declare Richie. It will pop a pop up will thing will come up and it'll say, "Do you want to declare Richie?" Say yes, and it's best to do when you have like a pair of numbers or yeah, like a two thirds of a straight, like a six or a seven. So then you're waiting on a five or an eight. So ah, you have two tiles that you can you win. Have a greater with. chance of of getting. Or would that not be good to work with if you had two out of a three of a of a triplet because you could get whatever? Oh, that's only one. And tile. You're only waiting for one tile. I see. I see. So it's best to do when you're waiting for either end of a straight. I get that. And I told you guys I'm slow. <laughs> that way, when you declare Ricci, uh, you no longer can. Your hand is basically set. You're just waiting for the winning tile. Every tile that you draw from now on, you're automatically discarding. You can't add it to your hand unless it's the winning tile. If you draw the winning tile, it's called sumo. And if someone else discards the winning tile, you still get that if you're in Richie. And that's called Ron. Or Ron. Spelled R-O-N. I'm probably sure it's not pronounced Ron. But I like calling it Ron. (laughs) And the only difference between those two ways of winning is who gives you the points. If you win via Ron, whoever discarded the winning tile to you, they have to pay you the points. Oh, that sucks for them. If you draw the winning tile, it's called Sumo. And however many points your hand was worth, let's say it was worth 12,000 points, you'd collect 4,000 from each player, adding up to 12,000. So people are saying it's Rowan. Rowan? Okay. Um, So that's my recommendation for how to play when you are just starting out. Uh, the little cheat sheet I mentioned earlier has every type of winning hand and the icons for which ones are won with a closed hand. So if you use a pawn or a chi to complete some random ass straight, you're no longer going to be able to call Richie. And that's the most basic one, the easiest one to get. Like just keeping your hand closed and getting four random melds is an easy way to win. Because all the other hands are like, you have to get one, two, three, one, two, three. Like they get a lot more specific and a uh, lot harder to achieve. Do you get more points for those ones? Uh, yeah. So okay. the Yakus are worth a certain number of Han. The Richie's worth one Han. Uh, the seven pairs I mentioned earlier, that's worth two Han. And I think they went all the way up to like six Han. Oh, wow. And okay. then some, if you opened up your hand, they dropped down to five Han or two Han, depending on. Oh, it on. lowers the value. Yeah. Okay. But that's better than the one one Han hands that if you open it up, don't become a winning hand anymore. Okay. I will say, if you do want to pawn or cheese something when you're starting out and you don't know all the winning hands, uh, only pawn the dragons. Because if you have three dragons, that's automatically a Yaku, and you can still win. So... Avi, you're going to post that uh, link into chat, and it will be in the show notes. Uh, I guess a couple closing thoughts. Uh, if the, the game does offer you suggestions on which card to uh, or which tile to discard, for trying to achieve the basic Ricci, it isn't horrible. But if you're going for a certain hand, you kind of just got to trust your gut. And sometimes I feel like it's not giving me the recommendation for the type of hand I'm going for. So just trust your trust yourself on that one. And this game is a game that is a mixture of skill and luck. While playing correctly will definitely lead to more winning hands over time, you're bound to hit a streak of bad luck. Even if you're playing your tiles 100% correctly, you're still going to have games that you end up losing. So it sucks. But if you play correctly, you play with skill, you're going to win more than you lose and come out ahead. So one question, because I've heard people comment on like a single game of Mahjong takes a really long time. Like, yeah, it's a mini game air quotes but how long does it actually take generally to play one one game i'd say if you get out in 40 minutes that's a fairly quick game oh my god i've had ones more when i was starting out and everyone was learning everyone was a little bit slow uh it would take over an hour Oh, wow. And then I've had games where I've gotten really lucky uh-huh. and it's only gone about half the uh, amount of normal rounds before someone goes negative. If someone goes negative in points, then the game's over. And so that one ended in like 20 minutes. Huh. 
So, I, al- I also just remembered, Pete, that your aunt in a retirement community has been playing Mahjong mm-hmm. every Wednesday. Have you given her a call yet? I haven't because I want to surprise her. I'm going to be like, <laughs> I'm going to beat your ass at Mahjong. <laughs> I like, just remembered that right now. I'm gonna go to your retirement home. I'm going to beat all these old <laughs> gonna people. Going to go hang out with the old ladies because the ladies are the ones who play the Mahjong. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to dominate those old ladies. <laughs> all right. So... Hopefully that made sense. I know that was a little wordy. It was I, a lot, I, but it, like, I broke it that down. Like you needed to know all of that to get a basic sense of the game. There's yeah. so much more that could have gone into that. What's well, the green but, leaf segment? But it's that is basic. what you want to start out playing with. All right. Don't don't pawn and cheat. Don't open your hand. Keep it closed. Just try to get reachy. I like it. All right, Avi. Yes. Tweet of the week. Ugh. Uh the Twitter game was actually a bit weak this week, Avi. So this week's tweet of the week is actually from Discord. Mm. And it's from Chili, who must have had holes in his pockets because every time he came through our Discord, he was dropping minion codes. He was. They were seriously falling out of his pants. Just falling out. Falling out. And he's even inspiring other people to give as well. Mog Moxie grabbed one of Chili's codes and then he went and bought another minion so he could keep that minion train going and he dropped that into chat as well. It was wonderful. So. I actually thought it was great. Spreading the spreading the love, everybody giving gifts. I I know I made a point. Chili, I, I, I bought Chili Christmas presents in the form <laughs> of in-game codes. Christmas presents? Birthday presents. I'm special. Um, <laughs> And I I bought you more than I would anybody else because of how giving you are. And I was just like... You know what? I'm going to make a point to like give you something really awesome. And Dalton, I know you're commenting on, damn it, I always miss the codes. Uh, some of the codes actually took a long time to get picked up. And so Pete, whenever he notices them, made a point to pin them on that channel. So you can come in and, and it's a lot of time it's the general channel, but we've been organizing our channels a bit more now. So they may be class specific or something. Um, but me- be sure to check the pin messages because there might be a minion that everyone had or that uh, no one actually jumped on. Um, it was there was a fun teaching moment when Hyper Pixie saw the the panda minion get ju- dropped, and she had never even redeemed a code before. So we had to like talk her how, through how to do it. She's like, "Someone's gonna steal it from me." So it was really cute to see like the the community like, "No, no, we're excited for you to have it. You take it. Don't don't stress out." It was really fun. And they the codes actually lasted a little bit. Everyone was so nice. They're like, I already got one. I'm not going to claim another yeah. one. So three of the ones that Chili dropped in there stayed up there for a day. And then right. I was like, I'm going to try one code and see if it works. And it worked for me. I'm like, come on, guys. Do you guys not like minions? <laughs> well, and Pete gave me such a hard to be careful before Avi grabs them all. So then I'm like, oh, bitch, fine. I won't take any of them. God. <laughs> so they stayed up there for over 24 hours before I posted them again today. And then they finally got claimed. So. Aww. If you guys don't use them, you know, you never know. Chili might stop dropping them. Might sew up those holes in his pockets. Okay, Avi, let's get to some news and notes from around the realm. So bye-bye, Chocobo bonus experience points. You were lovely while you were here. We mentioned it last week about how the Blue Mages were getting all that crazy extra experience points for their Chocobos while they were killing mobs with their companion out. Um, Sorry for you guys and for my... Thavnarian onions still growing in the garden. Uh, Square Enix has fixed this in their latest hot fix. Uh, when they announced they were going to fix it, we thought maybe they're just going to adjust them to be down to what it is for every other class. Uh, it looks like that they actually evaluated companion experience points in general, though, and found a middle ground. While the EXP for Blue Mage companions was reduced, they also added the note. The amount of experience gained by Chocobo companions when playing as classes or jobs other than Blue Mage has been increased to match that of Blue Mage. So, overall companion experience got a little bit of a buff. Just not to the extent that Blue Mage had been getting it right after the patch. So, that's pretty great. And yeah, I thought that was really good of them to notice that. Notice that people are willing to level their Chocobos if it doesn't feel like such a grind. When I leveled my Chocobo, I... Only did it by challenge log. That's I, what I did yeah, too. Yeah, I would let my chocobo come out, and then once I finished my chocobo log, like our challenge log for chocobo, that was the max effort I put into it. Because beyond that, it was just too grindy. Yeah, what I did, and this is my recommendation: if you want to do this with minimal effort while achieving something else, 
is get a job that you haven't leveled yet. Of course. But is high enough to do the beast tribes. Mm -hmm. And then have your chocobo out while you're doing all of the beast tribes. And then when you kill three mobs here, three mobs here, like it all starts to add up. And then by the time you know it, you've already finished your challenge log for the week. And it doesn't feel like you're grinding it at all. It just feels like you're doing beast tribes leveling a job you haven't leveled yet. I remember uh, leveling my chocobo lot in uh, Coerthus uh western like the snowy the mm-hmm. original one um i don't remember it wasn't a beast tribe but i remember we had a lot of quests out in that area uh, there were a lot of fates in that area so you might Not have been doing fates, that no, i remember going out there and like it it feels like it was a beast tribe but it wasn't it was like the lizard guy i don't know what i'm remembering but i remember going out there and i was i think i was farming them for something for relic or something i don't know maybe someone will remember this and like send me a tell and be like duh avi that was for this but i remember being out there a lot with my chocobo um for drops I don't know. Um, Also, something that I guess seems to be the kind of one of the topics that I tend to talk about. um, Our next seasonal event is already almost upon us. Uh, Valentine's Day is going to be starting next Thursday, January 31st at midnight. Let's talk about this picture, Avi. And it will last until Friday, February 15th at 6.50 Pacific Standard Time. These girls on this uh, header for Valentine's Day... They look like they were uh, probably making out before we surprised them. We like open the door. They're holding hands. She has her ma- hand over her mouth like she's, how'd you get in here? That's good for them. Just saying. It's pretty hot. Um, I, I actually noticed more so that the um, art style is different than it's been. And it, what the, 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 the tagline on this is love and affection. It's not just for couples. So it's uh, yeah. basically saying like friends Looks can like be those close too. Two girls on the side were about to join in. No, it was definitely a, wasn't a couple's thing. The two on the side are the the hosts. Uh, they the can join the in left, too. She has a, she has a guy she's into, and the one on the left is just happy. I don't know. But yeah. I think they're ready to join those two girls. I think you're just a hornball. I can be both. That's true. All right, so to start this quest, you want to head on over to the amphitheater in Old Gridania and pick up the quest A Many a Many Splendored Thing from Astrid. Uh, the little bit of tease we get reads, Love is in the air, and Astrid has big plans for this year's Valentine's Day. Those who would lend a helping hand in sharing her message of ardor and affection are encouraged to seek her out. And I do have to say that last year's Valentine's Day event was a lot of fun. It was like the obstacle course kind of thing that you had to do with a partner and you guys had to work together. Um, I actually, it was one of my favorite events. I had a lot of fun doing that. So I'm hoping that this year's is going to be as fun. Um, The rewards are cool, but very limited. Like, I think it's really cool that we're actually going to be getting a main hand or actually secondary hand, Tonberry knife. But the thing is that that only Calarians can use it. And fuck crafting it's a really cool looking knife though it's the tonberry knife i'm a goddamn scholar man i want me a fucking tonberry knife that's like part of my like lore and i can't even use it unless i decide to cook some shit you wish you could like finish someone off with the culinarian knife yes i think i'd love like i feel like scholars should have like a like a book that opens up and then like tonberry knives just go shing, but it has to make the sound effect so it's like kind of like a fan but they go ching I mean, come on. That's super lore specific and proper. Like, and this Lala it. that they gave us in this picture using this like, culinarian's knife, he definitely went on a killing spree. <laughs> like <laughs> That's a she. She definitely went on a killing spree. I love it. I want a, I want a knife book, though. And then the other, other item you get is a Dark Knight's arm, uh, which is called a Giga's Greatsword, which is interesting because maybe I'm just wrong and I'm not remembering this properly, but I actually don't remember a Giga's ever having a sword I, they usually have big battle axes or like clubs and so i'm 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 curious how these two items are gonna like go into the story for the valentine's day event because that's just very unique very specific on both of them and also very particular like only certain classes can use them and both of them are pretty minimalistic looking right but the the culinarian's knife looks cool and to me the dark knight's arm just looks boring mm-hmm like the culinarian knife is nice and clean, has like that one little difference in texture to it. Well, and and I'm really wondering how a sword and a knife is going to tie into a valen 
Tyne, essentially like an event about love and relationships. But um, because it's a knife is about like severing a relationship with someone. That's like that's actually like a, in certain cultures, if you give a gift of a knife to someone, it means you me- want to sever their relationship. So it's actually very bad luck to give a knife as a gift to someone that you care about. Oh, my God. If someone who is dating someone that is going to break up with them, if you can like videotape yourself giving them a knife. Knives are expensive. To break man. up with them. Good knives. Knives are, are $3 on brandless. Okay, you buy shit knives. Yeah, I threw that thing away because the fucking was rusting. Cause it's a piece of crap. <laughs> it's $3. What do you expect? You did not buy it. I did. All right. There's also some... But I think it does make sense because you're going to use a Dark Knight's arm to kill an animal. And then you're going to use the Culinarian's knife to prepare that animal for your date's dinner. Well, the dinner looks like it's um, a lobster. It is a Valentino lobster platter. It's a weird way to catch lobster. I agree. So I'm assuming it's going to be something we're cooking, (laughs) and that's how the knife ties in. And then the next item is also a a housing tabletop item, which is a Valentino cake pairing, which has a a vase of flowers with it and wine. And then there's also another tabletop item, which is a stuffed mammoth, which is pretty cute. Uh, It's pink with a little uh, poof of a heart over its head. Yeah, so I like the knife. I like the lobster dish. That's not vegan, though. I'm okay with the cake. Looks like it comes with some wine, wine bottle, wine and flowers. And I roses. just said that. I wasn't listening. That's like you and uh, Jung. I don't care about the mammoth, though. That can fuck off. So Chili's saying the sword is to stab the mammoth. I think it's to kill like as a giant lobster or something, and the knife is used to cook and prepare it. It does look like the mammoth's actually diable, though. It has that little circle in it. Right, right. Uh, we said stab, as in kill it, not die, as in change its color. <laughs> so, you know, not glamour here, babe. I know, but it does look like you can dye it. I, I agree, which is cool, because I don't know that there has been a stuffed animal sort of tabletop housing item that you can um, dye. So that's actually something very unique. And you want to make sure you do this, or else you'll have to wait until next year and buy it from the Mog Station. <laughs> Uh, the EU Fan Fest is in Paris, and it's just eight days away. So soon. I was like, oh, dang, we got to make sure to mention this. And they have just released the stage schedule for it. You'll be able to uh, stream all of the events except for the concerts from the Final Fantasy XIV Twitch channel. And the big thing everyone is waiting for is Yoshi P's keynote address, keynote speech. And that will kick things off at the glorious time of 1 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'm not sure what time that is in Paris. I'm assuming probably late morning. No, it'd be eight, like nine. afternoon. Afternoon, okay. Following Yoshi's keynote on Saturday will be a development panel featuring Ayumi Namai. Then a glamour contest, which is different from the next cosplay contest. So I think it's a, some sort of glamour in-game so contest I that the actually, EU had. I actually was clicking through this and I saw glamour contest and then I clicked on it and then it took me to like a cosplay contest link. And so I couldn't find any information on this because I thought that was really cool for them to actually implement a glamour contest. But it is also very subjective. Yeah. Like you have to, I feel like for glamour contests, there have to be very specific categories in order for it to make sense. And you definitely need quite a few judges so that everybody can kind of. Break it down. I always like when someone like creates their own superhero and everyone's like, what the fuck is that? Like, I'm fucking You're like, super I made bitch. this character. It's like, okay. I'm awesome. That's what I am. Then after the cosplay contest, the day will conclude with a concert from Susan Calloway. And day two will kick off again at 1 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Oh, Chili says, keynote in EU is 9 a.m. Hmm. That's what I said. I said, late morning. <laughs> Sorry. I assumed it was like 11. Again at 1 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, day two will kick off with Letter from the Producer, where they will be discussing what else we will be getting in patch 4.5 series. So 4.55, 4.56, 4.57, and so on, if there's anything past that. That will be followed by Aorzean Question Time, which is a Q&A session where attendees can ask Yoshi P some questions. And then you get the Glamour Contest results. The penultimate event is the Feast Regional Championship 2018 European Finals. And as tradition, the event is wrapped up with a Primals concert. Woohoo! And there's also some exclusive merch coming out for this fan fest, Avi. What can you buy? There is a pretty awesome Ultima High Seraph figurine. I can talk. You almost said Sephiroth. I did. I wanted to say Sephiroth. It flows better off the tongue. 
Um, they didn't have the price online, but early reports it's gonna be about two hundred dollars. I thought I saw that it was a uh, two hundred and twenty um, pounds or euros, Oof. not pounds, but euros. Sorry. Um, it does come with an emote, so of course, worth it. Worth it. It's actually beautiful. You buy a two hundred dollar emote and you get a free statue. <laughs> yes, it's beautiful. It really is. I'm. I won't pay that for it, but I'm not gonna shame anyone who will because I do think it's one of the prettier ones I've seen. Um, there's also going to be a, a small little board game available that's called Catpot Party. Uh, we have no clue how it's played, uh, but it is a bit more than just a daily scratcher. Uh, it looks like it has four player pieces, so you can play this while you wait in line, which is super fun. Yeah, I was like, I saw like Catpot Party. I'm like, how are they going to make a game out of the Catpot? All it is is picking the right numbers. But It looks kind of like Tic-Tac-Toe. Uh, you have the nine things like on a normal cack pot, but then on the bottom, there's a ribbon with I pieces. See it. No, no, Pete. So those little circle tiles, those are the numbers. And so the, the numbers are the little ones that go on top. And then the little cack tarp figurines that you put on top are the ones you choose. And that's how you line it up to see if you won. Uh, but it looks like there must be some sort of progression because there's things around the edge where that's pieces true, are sitting. That's true, but I still think so I'm right. You're probably trying to get to a certain amount. Yeah. But I'm just saying like the little, the little circle tiles are the ones how you figure out. Oh, and um, Chili actually just shared a link for the emote, which I'm going to copy so we can share in our show notes. And Avi, you also said you only have until January 30th, 30th for What's some... the 30th? 30th is right before the 30th. <laughs> uh, for a Mog Station winner discount, that's when it ends, January 30th. So 30 for, 30% off select items for a limited time. Do you remember what those are? I don't, but if, you know, it's a lot of the carbuncle items. Yeah, I thought it was the carbuncle the e- stuff. The emotes. So if you are interested in getting those, you've got about five, well, probably by the time you hear this, you've got four days left to get them at the 30% off price. So um, make sure to do that sooner than later. All right, Avi. I don't think you c- came up with a name for this new segment. I haven't it yet. It was Teaching Pete Lore. But now I want it to I be like came a up with do-do-do-do-do-do. Lore. Something like, I want something game showy. <laughs> I came up with Stump the Genius. You didn't like that one. I mean, I like you, but I it's... it's n- n- No. All right. So give any new listeners a little background on this. I suck at lore. You I don't know do. a lot of lore. Yes. So instead of me trying to force myself to read lore Which for I actually you guys, had a conversation with someone earlier, and we've decided that... On the episodes where Pete ends up drunk, I am going to pull out the uh, Eorzea, the Encyclopedia Eorzea, and do a Teaching Pete lore segment because they were really only good when you were drunk. <laughs> they were kind of fabulous when you were drunk. Like a lot of things. Yes. So so that's something you guys can look forward to. They're, they're not fully gone. So when we have drunk Pete, Encyclopedia Eorzea will come out again, and, and I will try to make a point to find some that I think will be good for when drunk Pete happens. Drunk Pete, best Pete. <laughs> No, I was like, uh, what did I say? Um, yes, I like I like uh, teaching Pete lore when he's drunk, but I don't like podcasts with Pete when he's drunk. Cause it's like trying to keep a crazy kitten in line. Careful what you wish for. Yeah, it's like, ooh, crazy cat. Come on, get her here. No, no, kitty. All right, kitty, give me kitty. my question, Avi. I'm 0 for 1. You are. I got to say the red means you got that one wrong. Bitch. <laughs> keep in track. All right. So this question comes from our email friendly TJ also known as the One Nation on um, Discord, I think also as well as uh, Twitch. It's a three ABC question. So Return to Ivalice heavily references Final Fantasy twelve and Final Fantasy Tactics. Which Final Fantasy game does the Crystal Tower series of this raids is... draw oh, inspiration from? This is just like last week's question. You're asking me about... Previous Final Fantasies. Ask me about Final Fantasy fourteen. Okay, babe. You're bitching about our listeners right now, not me. Just so you know. No, it's you. No, it's not. You're you're the mod. You're supposed to screen these questions. I, I don't have enough to screen all of them, okay? We need more questions before I can get picky. So the choices are A, Final Fantasy three, B, Final Fantasy six, or C, Final Fantasy nine. And no one in chat had better give him the answer. Which Final we, Fantasy game we had six does as, Crystal Tower series of raids draw inspiration from? Think, yeah, you can I, but you can break it down I by fourteen. I think 14. we had six in one of the Omega Scapes. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's six. Okay. Nine. 
I don't remember if we had nine in any of the raids. I'm going to go with three. Is that your final answer? That is my final answer. Locked in. God damn it. <laughs> but your answer was A. I was like, the same thing happened that you did last time. You were able to like... I narrowed it down to the two... Yeah, one is right of the two. You're not like canceling out the one that's so right. So nine? It's three. I said three. You said C. Oh, Final Fantasy three. Yeah. Oh, I the way you like I was confused like A B C one two three. No, I meant Final Fantasy three. Oh, you got that right. I win. You win. You get green on this. What do one. I get? Blowjob. No. Damn it. Doesn't have to be from you. <laughs> oh, of course not. All right. So see, everyone, everyone's like that's easy. You guys know that's not easy for Pete. I mean, I nailed it. You did. I'm very proud of you. All right, I'm one so for one. I, I am actually also, by the way, you guys, I'm... Uh, I mean, I'm one for two. <laughs> I'm um, keeping all of these questions as well as the answers. So eventually, um, this might be something that we have posted on our website or something. I should I'm get really a sure. prize if I'm over 50% at the end of the year. I think our listeners should get a prize if you're over 50% at the end of the year. Why? They lost. I got their <laughs> questions right. Well, but stumping you, I think, would be easier than not. And that wasn't even a Final Fantasy fourteen question. I nailed it. It was, though. No, it wasn't. You narrowed it down because of Final Fantasy fourteen. Nailed it down. Nailed it Yes, the shit lore book. <laughs> shit book. The I suck at lore book. All right. So originally, I was going to go through all of the fights in the 24-man raids, but I think we're running a little long for that. So I just want to get to... We're at a good time, but I mean, that might have taken a while. Yeah. I want to get to one point that I came up with this week about the 24-man raids. And I'm going over this now because with patch 4.5, we got the last of the 24-man raids in the Stormblood expansion, the Return to Evil East raids. So I I thought it was going to be a good time to look back at all of them. But I want to get to a different point instead. We got to... We got the first 24-man raid back in patch 4.1, which was back in October of 2017, Avi. Seriously? Yes. October of 2017. We got... Is when we got the royal city of Rabinasty. And then... It's not how it's pronounced. And then we got the Ritterana Lighthouse in patch 4.3, which was back in May of 2018. And most recently, we got the Orban Monastery, January 2019. October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May. Seven months. May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January. Eight months. So, 16 months between the first 24-man raid and the third 24-man raid that we got. Do you remember all the story from the royal city of Ravanastic? Hell no. Why not? This is not Game of Thrones, okay? You do not get to take a year and a half off and expect me to remember the fucking story. Yeah. And this is actually my biggest problem with their patch cycle. Oh, I was going to say, what about PvP? No. Because no one really cares about PvP, uh, so I'm just yelling at clouds for PvP. (laughs) Um, And not the character from Final Fantasy? Yes. Just the white things in the sky. Which Final Fantasy? Seven. Good boy. Fuck yeah. He can be taught. I actually did not say the number because I wanted to see if you would finish that. Bonus point. <laughs> um. So yeah, this is actually something I wish they would really reevaluate. Uh, they've taken away dungeons. Uh, under the guise that we're gonna get more different types of content, and I think the types of new content they've given us by and large have not worked. The diadem hasn't worked. Eureka's not really working in my opinion and what seems to be the prevalent opinion in the community i wish they would actually do a 24 man raid each patch mm. and they can be two separate raids two separate storylines would you be okay if they were shorter yes if they do them every patch they can be a little bit shorter but if you're going to take away like eureka i i would expect them to be around the same thing and honestly if you were to add a relic step for each patch that you do in the 24-man raid and you kind of knock out two birds with one stone and you don't have to develop anything separately for the relic and having the relic be something you get from the raids. Maybe you need to get a drop from every monster, every mm-hmm. boss in the raid or something like okay. that. Um, I, I'll admit, I, 
I miss the old school MMO-ness of the way relics were. And I know that Eureka's grindy like MMOs were, but not in not in the fun way that I don't know, I say fun. To but- me it's like if you're gonna make it grindy, make it grindy like Blue Mage is grindy where you're gonna do it in the open yeah. world. Don't make a separate instance we have to go yeah. to. Uh I, I just I I I had fun doing those. As much as I hated it and I bitched, you know, like as everyone knows, you do content, you bitch, you complain. I had fun getting my relics. I was proud of those relics. Like I didn't just mindlessly spend time doing something that didn't actually take any skill. It just took time. I actually like worked really hard and I was proud of them. Like now, all right, whatever. I don't care. Is it pretty? All right. If I want to put the effort in for pretty. But what really got me thinking about this was I saw a lot of people like do YouTube videos about how much they love the ending of this latest raid. And to me, I was like, really? Like, it didn't do anything for me. Can I say something super bad? I forgot to finish the story again (laughs) after I did it. So I have to go do that. I I finished 24-man raid. I've done it three times now. And I I was like, I realized, I think when when we went in on Wednesday, I was like, Oh, I haven't finished like the story for this yet. <laughs> Crap. But I was like, I don't care about these people. Like it's been, I first got introduced to them in 2017. We met up with them again once in 2018. And then we didn't see them again until 2019. We met these bitches once a year. You expect me to care about them having maybe about an hour of storyline each year. Ugh. That's too much. Like, yeah, it's too long of a time between. So if they were to do like a 24-man raid or do two 24-man raids, have one take part during uh, 5.0, 5.1, 5.2, and then have the next 24-man raid be 5.3, 5.4, 5.5. Well, what if they just say- And they're two separate stories because this is- That's not going to happen. That's too it much. It probably won't happen, but I want to plant the seed. That's too well. Yeah, I, but it's not too much if you're taking away something like Eureka, so you can put more development time into something that people actually like. People, by and large, love the twenty-four man race. I agree. I don't, but that's like, I mean, because it's three bosses and then three groups of trash, and like that—that's a lot. I, I mean, if something like that happened, I could see it being more. I guess like, um, Oh god, the original trial, like where it's the trash and then the boss. Like they would just give you the trash and the boss, but it's twenty four mans. And then the, then the next patch you get the second trash in the box, and then the next next patch you get the next trash in the boss. So they instead of it being one twenty four mm. man where it's one two three, it'd be one one one. But then the the difficulty could be higher because you're only having that one trash, that one boss to beat. I personally like would like a higher difficulty, but I don't think the masses by and large want a higher difficulty. I would like a higher difficulty too. I agree. Like I I don't want to on my third time doing it now, I'm like I mean, I died a couple times, but there was nothing that was like I'm a healer. If I die a couple times, we should be fucked. <laughs> we weren't. You know, and, and, and and I mean a couple times throughout the whole thing, not a couple times on each fight. I died a couple times throughout the whole thing because I'm still learning certain mechanics. I'm like, oh, I hadn't seen that yet. I wasn't sure what that did. And I was just saying you would see the characters once a year, but there would be two different sets of characters you see once a year. Yep. And no, that's not true. Oh. Like, I'd want one raid to be from 5.0 to 5.2. So you're going to get those same characters every patch until they're done with the story, not alternating. He wants the story to end at that Like, point. I want it to be one story. Get it out of the way. Then or we go on to another story. Because like, if you give me new content every three months, I, I might remember something from the previous one. But when we're going from six to eight months in between it's stories, like you got to refresh it all. That's that's hard for me. Yeah. And yeah, so I saw people making these videos about how much they love the ending, and what I the common thread between all of those was. People who played Final Fantasy Tactics loved it. Loved it. Yeah, because well, you had the backstory of everybody, and, and so you had the characters solidified. Apparently, Final Fantasy Tactics left you with the subpar ending, and this kind of fixed that uh, ending for everyone. Good. And good for them. I kind of think that Square Enix uses that nostalgia as a crutch sometimes. Mm-hmm. I fully and agree. So I really wish, like, if they were to do something like two twenty-four mana raids, have one based on previous Final Fantasies, and then the other one. Come up with some new stories. Come up with some new concepts. I see. So you want something nostalgic and something uh, Hildebrand or something. Yeah, like I I should. Oh, my God. How amazing would a 24-man Hildebrand (laughs) raid be? Right? 
That would be so fun. Like, have it be, like, story and goofy and fun. Yeah. Oh, I, I'd love for more goofy shit in this game. Yeah, we don't have that much anymore. Uh, So, yeah, that was... We were going to discuss, like, every fight and rank everything, but I think just doing this, I wanted to get this off my chest. It's like, I really didn't He was care. starting to write this up, and he was like, Avi, Avi, how long do you think it's been since the first raid? I'm like, I don't know, six months? And he's like, 16 I got. I got to write about this. I got. I was just like, all right, man, you do that. I'm gonna go over here. Yeah, because like, I. I feel like for people like me who have absolutely no nostalgia for those characters, this storyline was wasted. Like, I don't care about you trying to like save your family's name based off some story from way back when, and I'm only going to see you every eight months. Yeah. That. I mean, it's. It's definitely true. Like, if you didn't have a tie to them from playing Tactics, but it's, I mean, in the other sense, it's a clever marketing element where it's like, say you do the first 24 man, you're like, I didn't get all this. You know what? I need to go play Tactics so that I understand it. And then they're going to go back and they're going to play Tactics. They're going to spend the money to buy that game so that they understand it. And then when the next one comes out, they get it all. I guess. But I always say I'm going to go back and play these games. I never do. Yeah, no, you're the worst (laughs) at that. I still, I, I... I'd like to, because we stream on Wednesdays together, which means I would play 14 even less if we did this, but the the Final Fantasy game that got me into Final Fantasy was actually 10. And so 10... Many people have told me to start with 10. I would I would play 10 with you in the fact where it would just be like, we could just switch off who plays and we could like have reactions together because watching the cutscenes in that and that story from 10 was just wonderful for me it was everything i want out of a video game so i know that with you when i offer to do something with you it tends to happen more so well maybe we can do that on the sunday stream maybe yeah maybe maybe our one one day a month sunday stream could be final fantasy 10 and then and then if people are laughing uh apparently they don't like your choice of 10 i know i don't know that's okay i think they're laughing at their 950 gil comment i missed what that was (laughs) um but and, and if you like playing it and you want to play it more often, we could stream it more often on Sundays. That could be our Sunday morning. It, our, that's actually Sunday fun day. I'm going to say that. So we're talking about doing a Sunday morning stream. Our Sunday morning stream is going to be Pete and me playing older versions of Final Fantasy. Aja says 10 was the first game he didn't finish. Oh, that's because you are not a romantic, man. Oh, they're laughing in Titus. I've heard 10 and 4. I should play right away. So... With FanFest coming up, I was kind of thinking of stuff uh, I wanted, and this is definitely the top of my list now. I don't want such a gap in between the 24-man raids. And if you don't want to do another 24-man raid, think of something else, but give me the 24-man raid within three patches. Don't stretch it out between the whole expansion. The story's not good enough to make it last 18 months yeah it, well i mean it's only strong enough if you have the backstory and that's that is leaning on a lot and i'd question if it's even worth that you're basically giving us an hour an hour and a half of story that's a movie every year that's a movie and it only takes that long because i have to fucking read it and i'm a, i'm a dumb dumb it is a gear supplement as well that's why it takes they, they, that's a good point you can uh, shove gear into anything though whatever you come up with just put fucking gear in it who gives a shit that's what she said gears gears obsolete the next patch gear does you know actually speaking of gear you know what i i kind of miss as much as i love glamour and i'm sorry we're jumping all over the place right now as much as i love glamour um we no longer have gear in this game that you idolize someone else for wearing yeah we never have, you don't have that raid gear that someone, that looks so cool that someone works so hard to get that you're like, oh man, that guy did this content for that. Even the people that get that gear glamour over it with cute stuff. Like that is so the opposite of MMOs have ever been. Like I, I remember when I was first playing and seeing people in the purple winged set from the, the you know, like the. Bahamut. Yeah, that was wonderful. It was so cool. I, I miss seeing that gear. Yeah, there should be really cool gear and really good gear from raids and then i even think they should make like really cool glamour gear uh like craftable stuff and then the craft the the craft item you need like drops from dungeons so you go back and play the other dungeons to try to get that drop to try to craft something cool give something to crafters uh it gives 
people who enjoy doing dungeons something to make money off of. If they get that drop, they can sell that to crafters. So I think it helps a little bit of everything. I agree. Sorry. Yeah, I Chile, saw Chile's dropped some, some <laughs> news for, for, if, for anybody who's uh, a big member of the Final Fantasy fourteen community, especially on Twitter. Um, one of our, the main, most popular, most beloved community managers, uh, Akmorn, is actually um, not quite saying goodbye, but saying goodbye. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of kind of crazy. How is she saying goodbye? She just did duty commenced. <laughs> no, that's what she says. Um, she she marks her first year um, at Square Enix. She spent the last four years of her life working on Final Fantasy fourteen. And let's be honest. Oh, man, I wish we had a breaking news button. It was amazing. Uh, to have had the privilege to work on one of my favorite games of all time is not one I will soon forget. And I have so many people to thank for the opportunity. My managers, who doubled as mentors on every team I worked, my fellow community members, as well as our marketing PR teams, who are comprised of some of the most passionate, hardworking people I've ever met. The members of my very first free company, who took in this clueless little WoW player, showed me the ropes, and kindled my love of the game that would later kickstart my career. And last but far from least, all of you. Thank you so much for embracing me, for visiting me at events, making sure I was fed and hydrated for the hellos and the hugs and the absurd birthday wishes every day of the year. The Final <laughs> Fantasy fourteen community has been so loving, friendly, funny, and uplifting to be a part of. And to be honest, you guys are stuck with me. Though I'll soon be departing from the community team, I will continue to play and join you this time, not as a tiny tapir, but just as a fellow adventurer's. I'm beyond excited for Shadowbringers and will be forever a warrior of light at heart. Catch me summoning Demi Bahamut whenever physically possible. So this is not quite a goodbye to any of you because I'll be around. That being said, it was an honor and a pleasure to represent you as players, share your feedback, and be a part of such an incredible game. Stay passionate, stay vocal about what you love. It's time for a new passage in my adventure journal, and I look forward to sharing that journal with all of you very soon. Until next time, Ockmorn. I think I finally figured out why they were talking about 950 gil. I re I just realized I had never hit scroll lock to hide everything that was on my screen and something sold for 950 gil. It's <laughs> oh. great for, for just cutting away everything we just read about Akmore and I assumed you would like respond about that first, Pete, but that's okay. Uh, she will be missed. R.I.P. Oh, wait, she didn't die, right? No. <laughs> Moving on to bigger and better things. Congratulations, Ockmore. And I'm assuming you're moving on to something bigger and better. I mean, I think when you love a community and it sounds like you love a job as much as you do, the only reason you leave is because it's it's upward. A good opportunity. Yeah, it's something worth you per you pursuing. So really excited for you. Um, still see you on Twitter. Still, you know, in game. I, I know you love your summoner. I love you. You're wonderful. Congratulations. We are super excited for you. All right, so I think we're going to save the rest of our 24-man raid rating for another day. Oh, okay. Avi, you have something for the Community Roundup partner that I thought was pretty neat. I burped. <laughs> Pete's silent, like, awkward, smiley burp. Um, so, uh, yeah, I actually thought this was pretty cool. So I found this link while I was at work, which meant that I couldn't actually read it, but I would like send myself the link and I got to like kind of look at it later and absorb it later. Behind the scenes. Yeah. Stuff is blocked and I can't do much. So, um, this is about a chef in need, which is an unofficial fan made cookbook featuring recipes from Final Fantasy 14. This book was compiled by a Reddit user known as Looney Toonie who used recipes from around the web as well as creating their own. Uh, most of these recipes use standard ingredients, but if you have their own like Final Fantasy 14 themed I think they needed kind of a twist. substitution for a dodo. Yeah, grilled no, grilled dodo in particular sounds like it might be difficult to find. I mean, it did exist at one point, but not so much anymore. It went extinct quite a while ago. Yeah. Each uh, recipe coincides with its in-game description with a difficulty rating and the ingredient list that, you know, will obviously have a few adjustments because you may find it difficult to find fire and water shards at your grocery store. But by the way, guys, this book is legit. Um, I say, like I said, I, I looked at this when I got home and, and the effort put into the design and the layout of this cookbook are wonderful. And I highly recommend you guys check it out. It's it's just really great to see the effort that was put into the to, to everything for this. So the best part is uh, you can view it for free on Google Drive. 
Um, the other comment is that all the recipes are actually only from Final Fantasy XIV to Realm Reborn. However, Looney Tooney did mention that they plan on making future cookbooks for Heavensward, Stormblood, and eventually Shadowbringers. Uh, we'll be sharing the link in chat, which I think Pete already did, as well as the show notes for this week's episode. Um, I highly recommend you guys check it out. It's a really fun little cookbook, um, with, and it's very well designed. I like the, that they made a point to let you know how many servings it was, how difficult it was, the time it was. Like, everything about that you want in a cookbook was really brought about in this. So it was really, really cool. And I need to make my veganizing Eorzea cookbook. Sure, Pete. Um, I do think that is Chef in Need. I think it'd be wonderful if you made like a Twitter account with, you know, where you shared when you actually made these items. I don't know, something like that. Share, share the recipes that way. I think you could definitely uh, get the items out a bit more. So, yeah. Now we have some listener reaction. TJ, good friend TJ. Glad to hear the new segment worked out. I'm interested in your thoughts on story content. Hope to hear it this week. Thanks, as always. Well, I'm sorry to disappoint, TJ. We did not talk about the story this week. But you only have to wait one more week. Next week, we will be talking about the MSQ with the hosts of Gather Together, Rubicon, and Yelta. I think that's why Pete put it off. Normally, by now, we'd have been talking about it. Two people that I'm sure know more about lore than me. Most people You can basically say that about anyone. Anyone, yeah. Maybe, you know, not some handicapped people that might be mentally challenged. I might know more than them. Nope. I'm not saying I do, but nope. I might. Nope. I have a fighting shot. Nope. I'll take them down. I don't think so. Nope. Mm. <laughs> not much faith in me. I got one right this week, Avi. That's true. Coming for you. He's at he's at fifty percent, which is is still an F. But it's fifty percent. I'm climbing out of the hole. It's just like Mahjong. Started out, went down, down <laughs> bad. <laughs> You're so mad. And I brought myself back. That that made you get better. In case anyone didn't know, I got my fucking orchestra enrolled this week. He's he's a little proud of that. So suck it. <laughs> no one is judging you for being bad at Mahjong. I don't know where that came from. Suck it, all you people that were complaining about it being too hard to get. He got obsessive and spent hours and hours and complained I'm like, every morning I know, about I know staying absolutely up too late. nothing about this game, and I'm going to get to that rating. But you, like, you stayed up late, like, late, late, a lot. I've get been that. getting four hours of sleep every night. Yeah, like, oof. Uh, no, thank you. I like sleep a lot. Big fan of sleep. Some Twitter. Oh. We have the great Hyper Pixie Games. At Aviel of She Heals I Tank just about gave me a heart attack last night during our Greenleaf gaming stream in Final Fantasy fourteen. And that was from your Greenleaf gaming stream last uh, week where Hyper where Hyper played Final Fantasy fourteen yes. with you and you're doing Halitali. You said, Hyper, why don't you uh, go open up that uh treasure chest over there? And if anyone so if you remember in Halitali, there's actually this large open area with a treasure chest right in the middle of it, and if you run over to the treasure chest, it it sparks a big spawns a lizard. A big old lizard big lizard. And uh <laughs> scared the shit out of her we she did clip it i think she's she shared it on her twitter account um it was wonderful and actually if you see it if you watch the clip pete's character is actually laughing in the background it was really fun um and not i guess i should probably have that been the last one because tonight (laughs) um i am going to be the green leaf and i am going to be streaming eso with her uh where i'll be healing um i've played this healer on on ESO twice, so I I've been playing a, a Sork a little bit more, but I don't know how to heal on that game. So um, as soon as this podcast ends, we'll be transferring over to ESO with Hyper Pixie. So uh, definitely be a lot of fun. But we still have some Twitter to. Yeah, Edge Odenblast says a bit late catching up on at She Heals I Tank podcast. Great episode again, and look forward to. Oh my God! Pete's Greenleaf <laughs> on so Mahjong. As I have no idea, and it's been a... No, that burp was in the tweet. I was just recreating it. Um, <laughs> with looking forward to Pete's Greenleaf on Mahjong, as I have no idea, and it's been a crazy couple of weeks to do the learning on my own. Well, you're welcome. I did it for you. P.S. I, too, enjoy the Blue Mage so far. Sorry, at Avi Ale, with Pete on that one. Suck it, Avi. Pete's the best. Hashtag the best except that he just ruined your entire tweet by belching through half of it <laughs> um and i actually fully admit that most people are loving blue mage i'm i'm the minority oh, and then he also had hashtag suck it avi no he did not <laughs> pete, pete wishes that you did he's like make it a thing so uh die ties uh is replying deities 
deities. Oh, God. How did I never see that? That one I did not see. Haha, you're pisky. It is. Uh, it's D-E-I-T-I-E-S. Deities. It's, you know, play on words. All right. Anyways, that one's not as intuitive. Wow. Excuse me. I have been sitting at novice since I started playing. Halt. I would like to think I have contributed to your role and will accept a tiny corner of the role as my reward. What is he referring to? He's referring to himself playing Mahjong on Novice and me taking all his points. Oh, because you're a dick. I don't know if I ever played you, but if you did, you're more than welcome to come to our house on Gilgamesh and listen to that scroll, which I immediately went to Avi's house because I don't have a house anymore. I'm homeless. I went to your house. You have a house. You share it with me. It's your house. It's your house. If your if your account were to go away, so would the house. It's your house. I'm decorating the top floor for you someday. Pretty um, green. So, I immediately started playing that on your orchestrion. <laughs> so if you go into your house and listen to the music, it's probably that playing right now. Cool. I haven't heard it yet. Um. Yeah, Just I got to the rub role. It a little bit more? You, you can come over to Gilgamesh anytime and listen to that orchestrion role that you helped me win. You're such a dick. Deities. Is, is deities with the one you showed me? Like, oh, I feel bad. I stole all their points. No, I don't think I actually played with deities. Oh. She, they were making a joke. Oh, because you did steal somebody's points, and you like felt kind of bad about it. I felt bad because I fucking destroyed. Yeah. And I destroyed the very next game I played too. Oh. I t- two games. Just kill them. And you like see them at your tables. You're like, oh man, they're gonna see me in game and be like, oh that that freaking Captain Broccoli bitch right there. I was like, I'm sorry guys. I guess the tiles are just falling my way. And one guy's just like, okay. Can you? So you can talk to each other while you play. You have party chat while you're playing. I'm amazed they haven't limited that because like I can expect the shit talk. You think it's gonna go like the way of PvP where they don't don't let people talk anymore? I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Ooh. All right. Um. So yeah, this was actually. Pretty pretty quick episode. Do you have anything else you want to add before I go into our outro? Um, play mahjong. It's fun. That's it. That's my. That's what I'm ending with. Don't make my green leaf minute go to waste. All right. Yes. Um. And just a reminder: as soon as this ends, uh, we will be transferring the stream over, and I will be a green leaf in Elder Scrolls Online with Hyper Pixie. Um, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Last time I died to fish. Over and over and over and over again. I couldn't get out of the water. It was a thing. <laughs> it was funny. Um, so that is going to be it for this episode. As always, we've enjoyed hanging out with all of you guys live here on Twitch. So thank you so much for spending your time with us. Be sure to hit that follow button so you know the next time we will be going live. And remember, if you subscribe to us on Twitch from now until through the month of February, you will be able to get one of our super fun little magnets. As long as you are willing to give us your address, we'll mail them to you. And a big thank you to everyone listening to the podcast through iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or whatever app there is now that I forgot about. TikTok. Really? No. You are the reason we keep making episodes. And remember, wherever you do listen, it would mean a shit ton to us if you gave our little shit podcast a rating or a review. Or, you know, just tell a friend to check us out. Here with Vegan Pete, I'm Avi Ale, and we will talk to you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.